0: I was surprised when I was watching those clips on Austin Martin uh, hitting yesterday, just how sexy he was. His hair is amazing. He's got that mustache. He looks fit, man. He looks like really powerful. He's got a strong lower half. He turns into that ball and it's like whap, whap, whap. And I'm like, fuck, that's, I'm feeling a certain way. When do you want to start recording? Happy Toony Tuesday to everybody out there. It is Toony Tuesday because that's what my daily allotment of spending cash has been whittled down to. Welcome to Underdogs. I am David Patrick Fleming, and staring at me through my computer screen is the Viking Jacob Eamon. Yeah, buddy. How you doing today, Jacob? Looks like you got like a like a cyclist hat on.
1: It's yeah, it's a five-panel hat. Uh... Features a little logo from a local coffee shop I'm a big fan of. Shout out to Wallace Espresso.
0: Sorry, maybe I'm lame because there is, just if anybody out there doesn't know, there is a 10-year difference between Jacob and I. So uh, in his mind, I am the old man. (laughs) What is a five-panel hat?
1: Exactly as as it sounds, man. It's a hat. It's created with five panels. You got one panel at the front. You got two kind of going up the back here and then two on either side.
0: So, what would a normal full back baseball hat be? A four panel hat? It
1: is uh, It might be six panels actually, because it's it's just the shape is different because it uses like triangles all the way around that go up to a point at the top, and this is a. it's, it's like a. It's just a different shape. Oh, you learn something new every day. I didn't come in here uh, prepared to explain the five-panel hat, so that might not be clear to all of the listeners, so I'm sorry.
0: You could just picture somebody out there sipping a coffee being like, does he actually think that's what a five-panel hat is? I'm turning this shit off.
1: <laughs> I just can't picture it. I hate this show. <laughs> Why do I listen to it every day? I hate them. Um, the weather's beautiful. Yeah, it's uh, uh, really calmed down. Uh, like
0: it's actually... Like it's only it's only a balmy 25 degrees in my apartment right now. So yeah. I feel like a whole new person. It's, 20, it's
1: 21 degrees outside. And when you're kind of like going in between the sun and the shade, I was walking my dog and just felt finally comfortable outside. Happy, mm-hmm. not, not it just...
0: You felt happy? I don't remember feeling happy. I don't remember what that feeling
1: mm-hmm. feels
0: like. It's either just content or miserable. There's not really the ceilings changed.
1: I had a long sleeve shirt on and I had shoes on. And normally I've been wearing like a tank top and flip flops just to, to go to the grocery store or something. Like so wait,
0: you, you saw that it was 21 degrees outside and you thought you needed
1: to wear a long sleeve shirt? Not that I needed to, but that I could because it's a shirt that I like and I haven't been able to wear it for a while.
0: What do you like about that shirt? It looks like it hasn't. Uh, it looks like you found it in the corner of uh, your bedroom on the floor. Like it's a white shirt, and this is not even the best video feed, but I can see how wrinkly it is from here.
1: Well, it's because I haven't been wearing it for a long time. It's been in in my drawer for so long, just wrinkling up. But it's one of my favorite band, Bahamas. Yeah, and it's got some some uh, lyrics on the sleeve, and it says, "Before we were lovers." I swear we were friends. And mm-hmm. says so Bahamas on my on my chest.
0: That was a big song for me back in uh I think 2014 maybe. Lost yeah, in that, the light. That, that takes me back, yeah, oh, totally. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. He I I'm going to just tell a quick story here. I went to to see Bahamas and uh he is hilarious. So I think he op- yeah, yeah. So this is what happened. He opened up the set with it and i was like it, it just kind of shocked me because i wasn't ready for it you know like this is one of my favorite songs from him we just got there he just started and boom he goes into it i'm like oh i'm not ready and then he played my other favorite song second so i was like fuck this is this is too much i can't handle this night but then he's like he's like uh i know a lot of people love this song lost in the light so uh i'm just gonna play it again <laughs> and uh, so he starts playing it again and then he takes a break, <clears throat> a little set break. And uh, when he comes back from the set break, he starts playing it again for the third time. And then he's like, no, I'm just messing with you. I'm not going to play it the third time.
0: <laughs> Man, that was like, it came on for me. Uh, I was working at this restaurant and I, I just like fell for this girl who I'd worked with for you know a couple of years at this restaurant. And she gave me that album. She told me to listen to it. And I was listening to that song. It was like, before we were lovers, I swear we were friends. And I was like, oh my God, it's true about us. (laughs) Oh my God, it's a sign. (laughs) And that never worked out.
1: Well, a couple of shout outs today. Shout out to Bahamas. Shout out to Wallace Espresso. Random fact here too, the connection between these things is is strange because when I saw Bahamas, he was wearing a Wallace Espresso T-shirt. Really? Yeah. Guess he's he's a he's a big fan of the place he used to live in the neighborhood, or maybe he still does. And for a while, they had a collaboration actually, where they had Wallace Espresso Bahamas T-shirts. I actually have that. I have that T-shirt too.
0: Let me go get it. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. I know most people are just listening to this in audio, but just wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I'm going to go get it and I'm going to drive it to you. It's so great.
1: All right. 10 minutes on... Jacob, can you do 10 minutes on Wallace Espresso or Bahamas? <laughs> we're, we're strapped today. Maybe you
0: got to get some money from Wallace Espresso if you're going to drop that name.
1: Yeah. Maybe I'll talk to them. I'll send them the episode. a
0: free coffee every day, or at least maybe another croissant that your dog
1: can eat. Instead, I'm going there and giving them a $5 tip. You
0: give them a five dollar tip.
1: I did. You, I did the day before. you I just like, like I said, I love Bill the Gates,
0: place. Five dollars. <laughs> <$5? laughs> what was the coffee? Three bucks.
1: <laughs> no, I got a couple of uh, iced lattes. I can
0: just picture you going in there, dropping the five, feeling really good because, like, you're like the guy who gives them that tip, and as soon as you leave, there's like some small money stress that you're just trying to squash. <laughs> I can't afford that. I don't know what I'm doing. Who who do I think I am?
1: Um, Austin Martin at the Rogers Center. Um, we were treated to some videos of him arriving, greeting the fans, looking. Was so
0: that was that Austin Martin or was that his dad? It does not look like a 21 year old. <laughs> he he in my mind did not look at all what I thought he was going to look like. He looked like just an alpha. He looked like he's got some chip on his shoulder a little bit of rage the way he kind of bends over and takes hacks at those balls yeah no helmet just hair flying everywhere love Rem- these jays and their hair oh yeah
1: reminds you a bit of like a young uh spent more time in the sun josh donaldson or something from the look of him
0: yeah yeah i can kind of see that but he's got that straight up mustache which i think is partly like what adds the years to him right and also adds that kind of
1: it's not just a straight up mustache. It's like your classic like I can't I can't connect kind of goatee like kind of oh, Jack I didn't see Sparrow that. I didn't see anything on little, his chin. I saw it's it's light.
0: <laughs> Do you zoom in? I watched it on my phone. All I could see was uh mustache and I thought, yeah, Jack Sparrow's not a bad. Like there's a little bit of a Johnny Depp quality to him, yeah. I guess. That's yeah, fair. no doubt. He's even got that little bitch, which we both obviously noticed a little bit of recession in the hairline for a 21-year-old too, yep. even though he's got some thick fucking oh, locks, though. It's
1: moppy. He's got a yep. lot to work with. He's got a lot of time before he has to really start worrying about that. Yeah, he should but, probably
0: start, like, microdosing finesteride now, though.
1: Yeah, I, I, if he wants to keep it, might as well start now, maybe one, two milligrams a week, just light. There was something I felt, like, really special Watching him take ground balls, doing a little uh, infield practice, it reminded me. <clears throat> it reminded me of like when you go on the first day of rehearsal and you have to do a read through in front of all of the cast in a play. Um, you know, you've you've auditioned, you got the part, but then like months have gone by or something and you have to show up and like sort of remind people that you're worthy of getting the part. Like here's this kid, he's yeah. been drafted fifth overall. He shows up at the Rogers center. He's like, they're like, all right, kid, uh, we're going to hit some balls your way. And you just, you know, just do your thing. It's going to be light, easy. No one's going to be judging you. If you, if you boot a couple of balls, it's fine.
0: Right before we hit the first ball, just want remind you, we gave you about $7 million. So go <laughs> yeah, ahead. Yeah, But I just felt,
1: I felt nervous watching him and I felt yeah. nervous for him you know he's kind of like he, he just looks a little intense and like this is the, it's a huge moment for him it's the beginning of his dreams coming true and there's cameras watching him there's hardly any people watching him but that sense of like no one being there almost feels like more nervous like it's just like all of these veteran players these guys whose job you want to take these coaches who are like, please, please be good. I don't know. It's yeah. I
0: really wonder, I I wonder what that is like. I mean, for me, I think it's a little bit different. I think, I think the first table read is a good comparison other than, you know, how many ground balls has that kid taken in his life? So many, when you're doing a table read, you haven't played that part before, probably. Yeah. And it's still a little bit awkward in your, in your body and in your mouth. Whereas his body is knows how to take a ground ball knows how to, do all of that stuff. He's been doing it for such a long time. But I wonder, I feel like to get to that level where you're going to be a kid who's, you know, he was arguably maybe the best prospect in the draft. I think you have to be able to thrive in those moments. I think it has to be something that you want and something that actually fires you up. I don't I don't think people in his situation get timid in moments like that. But, you know, I that's just a guess. I don't actually know, obviously.
1: Yeah, and maybe... I don't know. I just think that there's a part of him, and I, I I just felt a sort of kinship watching like what really is just an innocuous, boring clip of him yeah, scooping totally. up some balls at third, but I, I, I just connected to it emotionally. I, when I when they kind of zoomed
0: in on his face when he was swinging, and there was an intensity in his face, and I just like flash forwarded to the future, maybe you know, may, maybe even next year when this team all these young players start to really get rolling and they start to gel and they start to form this unit that he was going to be one of the dogs. Yeah, He's going to be one of the top dogs and he was going to be, you know, not a bad thing that you said, like a Josh Donaldson type, you know. I mean, I'm reading a lot into a 10-second clip, but yeah. he had that intensity in his face for sure.
1: Is it interesting to you that one of the first things we see is him fielding at third base or does he think that's just he's been playing third base and and so they said yeah you've been playing there so uh that's what we'll start with start working there
0: Mm, yeah it is a bit interesting but I also think that sometimes that that's just where the ground ball reps happen like I don't think sometimes when you're doing ground ball practice you're necessarily necessarily stationed at an actual like shortstop second whatever you're just over on the left side of the infield and they're just banging ground balls at you
1: no, because he's specifically – they've got someone stationed at second base. He's, he's fielding the ball, tossing it to second or tossing long to first. Like, it is specifically third base practice. Yeah, I mean, I didn't
0: see that clip. I only saw him hitting. So, that is – I mean, that's something because, for sure, Travis Shaw is not the future at third base. Yeah. Um, but that also does make me think that they're, they've definitely thrown any possibility maybe of Biggio being a center fielder, which I really wanted to see. Out the window. I really want to see that. I just do. I just think he's got interesting tools and he's got an interesting, like, outfielder's body. Like, he's long, he's fast, big strides. He's got, like, a Yelich type body. Did you think anything when you saw, when they showed Guriel um, hitting some balls that he had a mask on? Did you think anything of that? No. Um... Is it just the players who came back from that little test and quarantine, they have to wear masks all the time? Because there's no way it's just like, oh, I I prefer to wear the mask. I I love you know, kind of getting faint because I can't breathe when I swing.
1: I won't rule that out because Clint Frazier on the Yankees specifically is doing that, and he's being open about doing that when he's in the box because there's a catcher there, and there's an umpire there within six feet of him. He says he feels more comfortable wearing a mask. Whether or not that's what Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is doing, I I have no idea, but I mean – So, Austin Martin came on the same flight as Lourdes. So Yeah, he was wearing no mask. He was wearing no mask.
0: I saw Biggio wearing a mask when he was taking reps too. So, that's what I wondered if there was something about those players that stayed back in Dunedin where there was just because somebody had it. Yeah. And maybe maybe it was one of them. And so, as respect, they're just wearing masks just to give everyone peace of mind, even if they've had two positive tests, whatever.
1: I don't think they would be there if they had it, is all I'm saying. If even with it? a mask.
0: Yeah. Oh, man, they could have had it like three weeks ago, gotten three or four positive tests already or a negative test already. And, you know, just out of respect, because, you know, like you're even speculating now that you know, they wouldn't even be there. People would be on edge about it. So maybe it's like, oh, wear a mask
1: and yeah. stay away. I think that's more likely. I just mean, I don't think that they're one, uh, the one guy who tested positive right before they came necessarily that could have made them stay back uh, with that group of 12 who came into contact with the single person is all i'm saying because i don't think someone who tested positive like a, a week ago would be on the field near people with with the mask
0: it's got to be a weird moment for Austin Martin where it's like, hey, Austin, you made it to the big leagues. We're going to fly you up to Toronto. Now just get on this enclosed tube with these players who have been around somebody with COVID-19. Get on in there.
1: With, with Gurriel back, as far as I know, other than Chase Anderson, between the lineup now and the rotation, we're, we're pretty much full strength, right? Yeah, it is
0: a little bit exciting, though, man. It's getting a little bit exciting uh, with all the guys, seeing all the guys there, seeing them take their hacks and what they could possibly do in this kind of crapshoot 60-game season. And I think I think it's going to be exciting. I'm really curious to know what the games are going to look like on TV, what kind of excitement they bring, what kind of energy they have. Um, I'm still a bit skeptical that it's actually going to happen the full way. Yep. But the excitement yep. is starting to build.
1: We're 10 days out from our first game. I know. Which is crazy. Crazy. First of all, we don't know what our home field is. And I don't That's understand how that crazy. is possible. I know it's, it, it is crazy.
0: Because you think of all the prep they've done for the NBA bubble, like, and all the amount of time and weeks and months that have had to go into the preparation for that, and then the Blue Jays are like last minute, it's like, yeah, figure it out in Buffalo. We get nine outhouses that some of the players can live in in the outfield, and then uh, we got one hotel.
1: You've got to imagine that sometime before the end of this week, like today, tomorrow, they just have to, like, they just have to choose Buffalo or Dunedin, like how long can what what is their drop dead date before they can be like okay it's toronto without being able to prepare for that
0: i think they're even looking at other things outside of dunedin and buffalo i think they're exhausting all options and they must be just waiting on the canadian government it's got to be that they're just doing a really slow process of giving them the okay to to do that
1: i don't think they're going to give them the okay but you know i have no idea but why hasn't it happened why isn't it happening? It's just What's probably changing? such a
0: bureaucratic nightmare. Yeah. There's probably yeah. just so many hoops you have to jump through, so many things that I feel like the Canadian government moves a whole lot slower than the American government on stuff like that.
1: I, I just think that they have, to, they have to make a choice one way or the other. This week, these other teams have to prepare where they're going to rent hotels, where they're going to stay if they're coming here or if they're going somewhere else. If they're going somewhere else, where are the players going to live? Yeah, it is
0: funny when you when you listen to Travis Shaw be like, I just want to live in the condo that I bought. It's right there. It's right across the street. Why can't I just live there? And when we hear him say that, we're like, Oh, the millionaire wants his condo. But you could imagine that being really fucking frustrating. He's like, I just bought it for a million dollars. Please. Yeah. Well it's like it's going to cost you $750,000 to use the toilet in that condo so you might want to keep yourself in the hotel. So you listened to this uh ESPN Daily yesterday that was breaking down the NBA bubble, yeah? Yep. What were your what were your first thoughts when you when you heard that? Did it sound like uh for me I wanted there to be a documentary crew there. I wanted them to be all over the place and it was going to be a movie that we would watch over and over again over the course of the next 10 years because it sounds fascinating. It's so weird.
1: It is so weird, but my first reaction is just like, holy shit, these guys are organized. This is what a league is supposed to be like. They have created apps where players have to input their own data and they can't enter certain rooms that have like security lights that go off when you scan your phone to get into a room and if you haven't if your temperature is high it like flashes and you can't go in like it's astounding there's only 20 journalists there these journalists have to do seven uh, negative
0: tests after their initial quarantine to be allowed to just kind of like walk up freely about this hotel
1: yeah it just sounds like they've they've involved like the greatest scientists and like organizers in the world to like make this, this perfect place. And when they're talking about how coaches are saying that they think that it's safer than anywhere else, I believe it after listening to this.
0: Oh man. And like the, the woman who is, who's in this bubble and she was the one that they were talking to. I can't remember her name right now, which is awful. But um, she was like, I walked by, I
1: saw some of the players fishing.
0: (laughs) They're just fishing in these man-made I don't know, ponds that they have here in this resort. It's so weird.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's someone who, who uh, gets a COVID test and their temperature taken to go in with a bag of fish and drop in new fish into that lake every day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, they have it down. I mean, it, it's, it's going to be a difficult thing for them to all adjust to i mean when i listened to it i was like oh it still sounds way better than my life even without basketball games and whatnot someone's making me food i'm in a place where you know a lot of my friends are around and it's a nice hotel somebody i mean i don't know maybe people don't go in and make their beds in the morning and clean because that's um too risky but maybe they do yeah but it
1: just the seriousness though and again, comparing it to what little we know about the MLB, but even just hearing that they play, they do practice, and as soon as they step off the court, they can't go near each other again. Like, it's yeah. so strict. And meanwhile, yeah. there's there's no bubble for the MLB. There's no... Uh,
0: it just... Well, the fact that they can even complain about the quality of food they're getting says something that, you know, that that's where the attention is. like, this food's gross, and I don't want to eat it. It's like, well... Then that's pretty good actually. If that's the complaint, you're doing pretty good. It really made me laugh when they said that Nick Nurse had his own branded face mask.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like of
0: course he does. Like what is that dude's deal? Everything he has is branded Nick Nurse.
1: It's it's all ironic. He does it as ironic to to make fun of the players on his team who all have their own brands and wear their own He's branded- never said that. Have you ever heard him say that? No, but he didn't he didn't There was an interviewer, someone asked him about it, and I don't think that it was him that, like, it wasn't his idea. He didn't make the first hat. Someone, I think someone made it for him, or like, he kept chirping the players, or something happened, and now it's just become, like, part of his brand, and it's just like, I I find it very endearing with him.
0: I, I find him, in general, very endearing. I find the branding thing really funny, though. Yeah. Because even if he didn't, I mean, he wears it, he wears the mask, he wears the hat, even if he didn't ask somebody to make it more. Yeah. It is
1: funny though. But it's so it's so unthreatening because he's such like a dad, you know? It's like If Yeah, a, totally. I just feel like there's a level of irony to it with him. But back on the bubble, even just hearing about the penalties for how tightly they're locking this down. This is this is a hilarious story that I was reading about yesterday. And I guess I'll start it it first with, um, there was a tweet from uh, Phoenix Suns forward, Kelly Oubre Jr., who first tweeted, "Um, To all my NBA bros, Postmates delivers to the hotel. You just have to go out and meet the delivery person at the hotel entrance. Security will not hold the food for you or help you. Yeah, the food whack, but we here for a bigger purpose. Hope that helps, dot, dot, dot. Hashtag, hashtag, shh, and uh, <laughs> then so and Postmates is is like a food delivery service, I guess. There, um, then it's reported that um, Sacramento Kings center Rashawn Holmes is now having to do a ten day quarantine because he crossed the Disney campus line to get delivery food. He releases a statement saying. After the initial quarantine period, I briefly and accidentally crossed the NBA campus line to pick, up food deli- <laughs> to pick up food delivery. I am currently in quarantine and have eight days left. I apologize for my actions and look forward to rejoining my teammates for our playoff push. And then right after that statement, Kelly Oubre tweets, never mind, dot, 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 LOL. LAUGHTER
0: man that's so funny that that's the thing that you're gonna go on like that's the sword you're gonna die on it's not like man i saw a young girl and there was a car coming and i knew i had to cross that quarantine line i jumped out and i saved her and yo i'm in a 10-day quarantine but it's worth it it's like i needed a subway sub (laughs) what am i supposed to do And briefly and accidentally. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Only for a second. And I didn't know, even though the rules have been hammered into us ever since we got here.
1: The whole thing is hilarious, but it also just illustrates how seriously they're taking it and forcing this guy to do the 10 day quarantine, I think is is a good move on their part and shows that they're not going to let anything ruin this, you know, and, and they're not going to be lenient on players breaking the rules. And hopefully it it works out for them in the long run because of it. Yeah.
0: All right, Jacob. Yeah. I have created for you a Tuesday over-under. Oh. Going in to the 2020 season for the Toronto Blue Jays. Are you ready?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm real ready. Let's go.
0: Over-under number of games Vladimir Guerrero Jr. plays this season. Forty nine point five. Ooh, I'll take the under. Number of games at DH twenty four point five.
1: I'll take the under again. Ooh.
0: Number of starts in the first week of the twenty twenty season for Nate Pearson zero point five.
1: I'll take the over. Oh yeah, baby! Let's go, Nate. Here we go, Nate. Let's
0: go. go. Let's go. Number of bench clearing incidences for the Blue Jays in the 2020 season. We will set it at 0.5. I'll take the under, baby. No bench clearing Ah, Blue Jays are soft, man. Uh, You're going to have six feet apart fights. (laughs) (laughs) Amount of times that you and I apologize for ever doubting Vlad on our podcast this season, 0.5. I'll take the over yes yes we're going to apologize because i feel like shit in my heart for that and i want him to prove me wrong amount of times charlie montoyo says the phrase in a post-game press conference <laughs> fun to watch <laughs> we'll set it at 356.5 <laughs> i'll take the over man i'll take the over oh yeah time. we're doing the over and last but not least Players on the Blue Jays leaving because of COVID-19, all of them or none of them? Uh,
1: let's go with all of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're all
1: going down. No season. Then me and you can become Blue Jays. Hey, man. Chapman got it after uh, going into the so-called uh, Yankees bubble. He, he came in testing negative, and now he's got it. So it's uh, not a great system that we've got in baseball for preventing COVID-19. <laughs>
0: and as long as the NBA players can squash their need for Domino's pizza, they should all be
1: fine. Indeed. All right, well, that's uh, that's everything we got today. Hope you all have a, a, a beautiful day. And, uh, David, I hope I hope your, uh, your day goes well, too. You as well, Jacob. We'll see you tomorrow, bright and early, to
0: do it all over again.